Amy Malloy is a woman of many, many talents. She's an author, content creator, editor, mother, wife. And if you've heard of Grazia Magazine and the Collective Hub, yeah, those big ones, Amy has edited those. Plus, she's written a bunch of books. Some of them are on the bestseller list. I have read a few myself. I have one for the kids. She writes fiction and nonfiction. She also works with some of the biggest brands and organizations in the world, including GoPro, Netflix, Uber, Lorna Jane, the Sydney Opera House, and the New South Wales government. So I worked with Amy when writing both of my books because she specializes in storytelling for healing. She has an amazing new course and an offering that is coming out. And so I definitely want to get into that because it's important that we learn to share our story and understand the importance of sharing at this time more than ever. And so, yeah, we're going to dive into that. And sharing your truth in whatever way feels right to you is more important given the way that the world is going. And I knew that Amy would be the perfect person to talk to because she speaks about it all and she speaks about it all so eloquently, honestly, and makes it easy for us to do the same. Here she is. Did you hear that as well? Or it's yes. like reading is big. No, I always get that. Ah, Amy Malloy, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you so much. Life is such craziness for everyone right now. So, yeah, I'm really glad we got to do this. It's honestly manic. And I think, like, I just, we were just having a little giggle about the, like, just it's such foreign territory and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and unraveling different things like different elements I know for me that I haven't um I didn't think would be a factor are definitely coming up like how are you traveling with everything or you're not traveling we are (laughs) we are not traveling um hang on I'm gonna cough um so we are just doing what works for us And this has been, you know, my motto as a parent for a while now has been be your own role model. And for me in the pandemic, that has just come into its own because, you know, we're all just doing what we can to get by with the tools we have and the support systems that we have. And I think that just, you know, taking away from judging what that looks like for everyone, of course, we're sticking by the rules. But, you know, doing what works for us. So at the moment, my kids are still in childcare because officially, you know, my husband is an essential worker and my work that I'm doing, a section of it is essential work. We're both working from home, but we can't have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, no, that's a recipe for disaster. And it's, look, honestly, if the the daycare centres and the childcare centres are open and welcoming like the children, that's the best place for them. I really do think that. Like for them, with oh, the and we have one things. case where we are. Like you know, we've had one active case where I am. Yeah. So, but you know, that still comes up with some judgment when I've shared that with some people. I've definitely had some judgmental comments. And wow, like I think that's a big part of the pandemic that is new to all of us is 
people have a lot of opinions. <laughs> I mean, more than ever before. And they're really open in sharing them and, you know, kind of find a place where you're really sure of your decisions and um, you can kind of let those comments slide past you. And it's tough. Yeah, it is. And that is absolutely correct because one thing that with the way that the world is at the moment, I definitely don't have time and I'm not interested because I'm at max capacity for my own stuff is idle chit chat. Like I'm not doing the, how's the weather type thing, you know, No, I'm done with that. I'm going deep with, cause I'm so starved of adult communication as well. So like when I, my poor guy in my local cafe where I go and get my takeaway tea every day, I'm like straight into a deep dive with him. <laughs> he barely <laughs> knows me. And I'm like, I'm no time for like chatting about the weather and whether you've had your walk. Like I want to go deep with you because I'm not going to talk to anyone but my husband probably for the next 48 hours until I'm back in here getting my next takeaway again. <laughs> so oh my I'm gosh. like, give me your soul. I need, I need to feed off your story. <laughs> yes, I'm the same. And it's like, if someone asks me how I am, they're not getting a fine. They're getting a, no. well... And it's just all coming out. But what our listeners probably don't know is that you and I have a bit of a voice memo relationship going on and I love it so much mm. because we actually talk about what's happening in our lives and what's coming up for us. So how important is that now more than ever, do you think? I think it's so, oh, so important. And, you know, I have specialised in, as I call it, storytelling for healing for a decade now as a journalist and editor and author um, and that has all been around sharing your personal story in a way that helps you to heal as you share it and helps other people who hear it or read it to heal too so for me you know that started about writing about my husband's death writing about my dad's cancer writing about my eating disorder writing about my recovery um, and now man like that has become more important than ever in the pandemic when we are all just like clinging on by our fingertips and the coping mechanisms that I have and you have and the guy in the coffee shop has, that can be the thing that we hear that gets us through another day, another week, another month and gives us the hope that we can keep going. So suddenly, you know, the things that we used to do secretly in the morning to like pep us up and get us going for the day, those are the things that we should be sharing with each other that, you know, me and you message each other and say, oh my God, like I messaged you a couple of weeks ago and said, I've just had my first panic attack in three years. Um, like, I'm okay, but I just need to reach out to you because I know that you get that and I just want to talk to someone who understands. And that might be something that other people are going through but not talking about. And that is such a toxic thing when you're carrying that around with you. Because you know and I know that as soon as you say it or write it and release it, it loses some of the power over you. And you can even end up laughing about it. Um, so I think that just the openness is more important than ever as we all try and find our way in this crazy situation we're in. Well, that's it. Because it's like the more that it just ruminates around your beautiful melon and our minds are often filled with a bazillion different things. And then sometimes there's also white noise. But it's like the more that it circles the wagon, the more it gains momentum. And it's like that mm. simple act of pausing and saying hey this is happening often like the most healing thing 
is when someone else can relate and go, oh, same. Like, exactly. thank God for you for saying that. Or, or even just holding that space and going, wow, that really is a rough thing. Or you realize exactly like you said, like as soon as you've given it legs and said it out loud or written it down, you realize that it's utterly ridiculous and, you know, that you don't need to be giving it the time of day. That's also another And also just that we're all normal. Like I'm having, like I love, I love Instagram for me because it's always been a place that I have really intimate personal conversations with people and strangers who reach out to me and say like, thank you for sharing your story so openly because I'm going through dot, dot, dot. And that has really come onto its own in this lockdown, number whatever the hell we're in now, um, especially around the vaccinations, which is something I've talked about really openly. And interesting for me is not a part of my story. I've talked about a lot pre-lockdown number now, um, which is my health anxiety. And it's something that I've kind of touched on Mm-hmm. And maybe I mentioned it in a book in passing. I don't know, maybe my second book. But I really started organically talking about it in the pandemic for obvious reasons, because health anxiety is something that people who never experienced before are suddenly grappling with. And it's really been a part of my story that has just taken flight organically. Like I've done a couple of Insta lives and mm-hmm. a couple of captions. And suddenly my inbox and my DMs are full of people who are saying to me, oh my gosh, thank you. I've had health anxiety for years or I'm having it for the first time now. And I didn't know anyone else was experiencing it. I didn't have a name to put on it. I didn't have any coping mechanisms to deal with it. And thank you for sharing that. Um, And so I think there's also a time and a place where a part of your story that you might've been living with for years and decades or something that might've happened to you a long time ago, this is the time to share it because this is the time where millions of other people across the world are experiencing it um and it's kind of the same for motherhood like I've been thinking a lot about how mothers and parents we're kind of a lot more prepared for this lockdown than single childless people because we live in a type of lockdown with newborns like I have a (laughs) one-year-old and like I kind of you're kind of in a lockdown with a baby and so yeah. like for us, we, we kind of get accustomed to like a bit of a loss of identity, a bit of a loss of freedom, a lot of loss of freedom, um, strain on your relationships, maybe feeling distance from your friends and your relatives, like that is newborn life. And so I also am really keen to hear from parents about like, how do you cope in that newborn bubble with all of those things? And what can other people learn in the pandemic from your coping mechanisms? So. I also think there's so much from just sharing something you think of as just a normal thing, i.e. like, oh, every day I have to be stuck in the house between midday and two because that's when my baby sleeps. And someone else who's never really had that kind of restriction on their life before, it's like, oh yeah, how do you cope with that? Um, so yeah, I just, oh, there's just so much healing in sharing our coping mechanisms with a wider audience in any way that you can. So why do you think, what do you think that it is that, and why do people struggle so often with not being able to go there, so to speak, with what is actually um, troubling them and sharing what needs to be said for them of their benefit, like the benefit of them in that moment? I think there's a lot of different, and some of the concerns are valid and, you know, in the mentoring that I do and in the book writing course that I'm bringing out soon, 
like I do say like you should censor yourself I'm not saying that we should all just be a massive open book and just go around like vomiting our thoughts onto everybody that we meet because we also need to protect ourselves when we're sharing because it does put us in a vulnerable position so I do think you really need to share consciously um, and to an edge that feels comfortable to you and with a purpose that you're really clear about so I don't post a lot on social media at all but when I do it's really with a really clear purpose that a I want to write something out and find meaning in it myself or I really feel like I've got something to share that would benefit other people but you know the things that hold us back are judgment of course someone else judging us what people think about what we're saying um you know if you work in a certain environment you are concerned that something might conflict with your professional identity so I have got this literally at the moment um one half of my work is really really corporate and um that client is very traditional and then I'm working on this project which you know about Katie which is a bit of a top secret thing which is really going to elevate my story onto a whole nother le level and really going to be a very intimate dive into my life. I'm so and excited. So I'm like, oh my God. By the way, I, it's so oh, exciting. I have, I have a little update to tell you. Off, ah, off, off 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of at this point where I am not worried, but I'm curious to see how it turns out because my creative side is so excited to share my story with the world and i know that it's going to help millions of people but of course i'm also protective of this other side that pays my mortgage which is something we have to think about mm -hmm. and how the two sides of me oversharing in some people's eyes and me still um being this kind of professional traditional role are going to collide so you know we also have to be aware of um what we share does have an impact on how people view us. And we have to get to a point where we're so confident and sure of why we're sharing and how we're sharing that we don't give a shit. Like, yeah. you know, that is, that's where we have to get to. And when I wrote my last memoir, The World is a Nice Place, that is where I got to. I was so clear on every single word I wrote in that book and why I was sharing it that I knew that even if there was a huge backlash, I didn't give a shit. I knew that it had to be said and it had to be said in that way. And that is the point that I want all my writers and everyone I mentor and everyone I talk to to get to, whether you're writing a book, an article or just a social media caption, I want you to not give a shit what anyone thinks about what you write or say. And that is something because Amy worked, Amy, for those who are listening who didn't know, well, I don't know, well, we've spoken about, Amy worked with me on both of my books and there was a massive um, like thread that came through it with you, like for you teaching me to write from the wound, but share from the scar sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. you can, you, and you write, like you were always telling me, write everything for me, but edit for them sort of thing as in I get everything out that I need to get out for me but I edit for the world and what I want the world to see and when they're ready to see it because that's the thing like if you're going to like I know in talking about becoming brave and then in messy spoke a lot more about um my life like it's sort of we talk about our lives we seem, uh, seem to write about where we are and what we're navigating and moving through but if you're writing that from a place or sharing that from a place 
where what someone else says is going to affect you, that is going to derail you and you're already giving away your power. And so I completely agree that you have to get so rock solid in your truth and your why and your positioning on anything that your sense of self isn't dependent on what anyone else says or how they receive your story, your, um, your book, your post, your anything. It has to all be like come from that scar place. It can be about the wound, but you have to have done the healing yourself before you give it out until the world. Exactly. And I love that's so perfectly true to write for yourself and edit for everyone else because that just sums it up perfectly. And that's why like one of the modules I teach in my course is the downsides of sharing live. And so that, you know, basically means that I personally, and I do encourage everyone not to in that moment, like write a social media caption and press post on it. And that doesn't mean you need to wait six months. Like it's literally just letting the heat settle. So you could, like, I love to sit down in the midst, like literally in the middle of my panic attack, my husband was laughing afterwards so much because I wrote out on my note section of my phone, mid panic attack and social media caption about it. And it really helped me, you know, in the moment, it was perfect. It provided that distraction. It let me take a step back and view myself as an observer rather than being in the moment. It was exactly what I needed to do. I didn't end up ever posting it because I came back, um, I think the next day, I gave it an edit and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna leave it another day. And then by that point, I didn't have a purpose in posting it anymore. I was fine, I'd worked through it. Um, I didn't really have anything additional that I hadn't shared before to share again. And so, um, you know, I'm all about sharing about your pivotal life moments. I just think there's a benefit from just taking a pause after writing it, come back and edit it for everyone else. So really get clear on why you're sharing. Are you doing it from a place of like anger, a place of resentment, a place of like getting back at someone? Um, take the heat out of it and mm -hmm. come back to how can posting this help someone else who's reading it? Well, that's it. It's like, again, if you're sharing from the wound, you're often, and my goodness, if someone ever got a hold of my phone and my notes section, they would inhale <laughs> a raving effing lunatic because, because we are super feely people. And I, I would guess that the majority of listeners here on this particular podcast also are. We feel things deeply. We want to understand things. We're passionate. And we like to get to that conclusion. We like to resolve like um, things that, you know, we like to make sense of things and understand it. Um, and often that involves like having to get to the end of the process. And so like venomly, like full of, that's not even a word. Venomly? Venomously. <laughs> we spew venom. Like I know when I'm in pain or I'm, full of rage and full of whatever or petrified and full of anxiety, the, the, through sharing a post or wanting to write something or sharing an experience, I will go to my notes at first because there's that desire sometimes where it's like, I'm feeling this. And if I share it, it's like almost that past the pain, like a hot potato. You know what I mean? So you've got to be so careful that you're not actually doing that, but you can like get it off your chest but let's just put it in like notes at purgatory for a little while. Exactly. And just like the lobby, maybe. Like if you could I, take 
a wait in the lobby? Like if my <laughs> before you progress, I am. Um, I teach people in my course to write as the heroine of your story and the narrator of your story. So that means like writing it with the feels of the heroine who is living it and writing it as a person who's watching it from the other side of the street. And that, if you can get that when writing a book, is like the magic sweet spot for me because you're getting all of the heartfelt feels, but the bigger context as well of what it all means, where it's going to end up, where it's coming from. Um, and I think, you know, there's a big thing about grief that if we can give our grief meaning, that's how we heal from it. There's studies around it showing, finding meaning in our grief helps us to recover and walk with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what writing can do, I think, for me. And I've seen it in, you know, hundreds of other people is that if we can, you know, start to write it out, but not just write from that, you know, that anger and heat. If we can write with, take a step back and see, okay, what is this teaching me? Where is this coming from? Where is this going to get me? How does everybody else in the story play a part in this? Then we can start to give it meaning and we can start to forgive ourselves and, you know, accept it and learn to walk with it. Well, it normalizes it as well the more mm. you talk about it the more that you write about it the more that you you know communicate and engage with other people about it the lighter it becomes for everyone you, you give it like you give yourself space within your mm-hmm. heart and your soul and that doesn't mean that what you're moving through is any less valid or any less powerful but it needs like grief is everywhere right now we're all grieving whether we realize it or not like we're grieving um you know events that never happened we're grieving um our children's experiences at school we're grieving you know holidays that never went down we're grieving like if you're a single person um you're grieving potential time of meeting a mate or timelines or anything Mm -hmm. like and if you're a couple you're grieving like the the fear of let's be honest how bad your relationship can get because you know for me and my husband we are two very independent people we love our jobs we are used to saying goodbye at the beginning of the day and then meeting up at seven o'clock that night we are now and literally we have i mean we are lucky in our house that we've got a little apartment downstairs so me and him have got our own little office set up but he's literally sitting on my shoulder for eight hours of the day (laughs) and we piss each other off like you know, we say things to each other and we snap at each other in a way that I'm like, oh, I didn't think we could be these people. Um, and that comes with a grief of its own of just like, oh, wow, you know what? We're not immune to being able to go there. We, you know, even though I thought that our relationship was this fairy tale, we could definitely go to that place where we are just seething at each other. Um, yeah. And again, talking about that too and laughing about it too. You know, how much better do we feel? So often when we've had an argument that we're like, we're sure in our head that it's like the end of our relationship. And then the next minute we talk to a girlfriend and we laugh about it and we realize it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we are fine. And that, you know, that, that is storytelling for healing in its most simple form, that conversation, helping us to come back from the edge and realize, you know, know what? Like we are all fine. We are all doing okay. It's a giant shit show out there (laughs) it is (laughs) we're all just facing things out you know it's that thing where we feel like i know for me the last couple of weeks i have been on the precipice of overwhelm or like plunging into overwhelm 
but it's like, and then you start to feel bad for feeling overwhelmed or not handling. And it's like, well, no, you've got to pause, stop, look around and take a look at what you're actually navigating, which was never part of the plan. And you've never had to experience it on this particular day in this way, facing all of these things before. Like I just saw one of my friends dropped a Lego castle and she was like, that was it. She dropped it. She just had to walk out of the room. Her kids were losing the shit. And she's like, that's it. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. I dropped the castle and I just could not deal because of the aftermath. Yeah. Normally that would matter. But it's like everything together is creating the perfect storm. So, you know, you it's challenging because you're facing challenges. Right? And that's why I think part of this equation is like, I'm such a champion of people sharing and I go out of my way to lift people up when they're sharing and I think that they're courageous in doing so and like so I you know if I read a social media caption someone shared a little bit and I think oh good for you and then I'm tempted just to keep scrolling I purposely make myself go back and leave a comment and say like thank you leave a heart be like oh this is amazing that you've said this and that could be, that, this isn't all about the negative stuff. It's also about the good stuff too, because we get just as intimidated in sharing about our good days as we do about sharing about our bad days. Like I just dropped on Instagram a video I made for my husband for Father's Day, which with a song that I wrote for him, which is super cheesy oh, but beautiful. Did? I did. So, oh. I wrote, oh. so I wrote a song. I know. Um, and I did a little collage of like our beautiful moments and adventures with our kids. And I was so nervous to put it on Instagram. Like I literally talk about everything, you know, I yeah. talk, oh my goodness, there's nothing off limits. But of all the things I've shared in the last year, I was more nervous about putting up this collage of how happy I am with my husband. <laughs> oh, and I get Because that. I was like, oh, you know, what will people think? And like, they're going to think I'm boasting. But I also force myself to because I get people in my DMs at least once a month who picked up my first book that I wrote when I was 23 after being widowed. Yeah. They've happened to stumble across it and that was written, like they know me as a 23-year-old widow sick in the depths of grief. And then they search me out on Instagram and they discover, discover I'm a 37-year-old in a, such a happy marriage with three Time kids. Off. Yeah, I know. And they're like, oh, they, they are truly so happy. They, they message me and say, I am so happy to see you happy. And that's part of your story. Like not saying that my life is perfect by any stretch, but I did work my ass off to find happiness again and to allow myself to be happy again. And, and so it's that's hopeful. the other bit I teach. It's like share your happy moments, even in a pandemic when you're worried yes. that like someone might be in lockdown and you're getting to spend the day on the beach, like, man, share that too, because that's what keeps us living. That's what we're all living for is that day that that's going to be us. And yeah. so like, I'm also, I also drop a heart under those posts to say, thank you for sharing that too. Like you on your mountain bike, like a Wally. Like I love oh, it. So <laughs> bad, but it's so fun. And it's like, <laughs> I know how lucky I am to live near the bush so that I can go and do that. But I mean, you can go on a push bike in your street. Like it's honestly, I feel like 
I'm back like 15 or not even 15, like 12 again with the wind <laughs> in my hair. And then, cause you can only exercise in pairs cause we're in lockdown as well. So like when my friend and I will peel off to our streets, it's like full on that now and again, or for what was that movie? Where everyone's riding their bikes through the streets and everyone, like full BMX bandit. Like, you know, I also go like, I know this is going to trigger some people, but we can't be responsible for how people receive it, but it's also safe for us to be happy. Absolutely. And I... I mean, I've been writing about myself for a long time, um, since I was kind of 19 and got my first job as a journalist. So I am very good at it and letting it go. And I really do see your story and anything you write is just like a living, breathing thing. I literally, when I press post or when I, a book comes out or a podcast comes out, I really trust that it's going to reach people it needs to reach in the right way. And that doesn't mean that everyone's going to love it or resonate with it. Um, but you have to trust that there is a percentage of people it's going to hit at the perfect time and give them the gift that they need to keep going. And I think that's what makes storytelling of any kind so rewarding. Even if you don't know it, I, you know, I, there's a quote by someone that I'm going to absolutely muck up, but it's like, you know, you have no idea of all the people that you are saving on a daily basis. Like, yeah, you might hear by, you might hear from 20% of the people, but you have no idea the wider impact of what you're doing. I was at the skate park today and this family came up to me and was like, are you Amy? I was like, yeah. Because we've, we've got your children's book. We read your children's book to my kids every night. Like my little girl's got anxiety and your children's book helps her so much. And then she's like, and then I searched you out on Instagram and I realized you live in our town and I was so happy, like those little moments that just, I mean, you know, because you've got your beautiful books, like when you just suddenly get a message or meet a person or hear how your story has helped someone, that's when the courage it took to share is just suddenly rewarded. It's just so, so worth it. Now, tell me about this course. You have a brand new, like a brand new offering coming out, Storytelling mm-hmm. for Healing. It's talk us through it. And we're like, we've hinted, we've danced around, yes. but I just think it's so beautiful and so relevant right now. So the, the course is called, it's within my Storytelling for Healing banner, but the course is called the Book Writing Remedy. And it's an eight week course to learn to write a book that sells and heals. So it's how to turn your personal story into a powerful product that also helps you to heal in a process. So, um, you know, in addition to being a journalist, editor, author, etc., I'm qualified counselor because through mentoring people, I was just getting all these people with these incredibly personal, often traumatic stories that wanted to turn them into a book, wanted to share them with the world, and guiding someone through that process is a lot. Um, So I really wanted to create a course that gives you the creative and practical tools to write a book and have a book proposal ready to pitch in eight weeks, but also realizes that it's a deeply vulnerable experience writing about yourself and you've got to protect yourself as you do it. Mm -hmm. And the other people in your story and the impact it's gonna have on your life when hopefully this book becomes a viral sensation across the world 
How are you going to be ready, like we said, to stand in your story and be so confident that just say, you know, this is me, this is what I've lived through, and this is why I'm proud to tell the world about it. So this course is, yeah, it's an eight-week, well, deep dive into all of that. Um, I did not plan to launch it, but when the <laughs> pandemic started, I just suddenly getting so many um my inbox was just filling up with people who had been sitting on a book for years and years and years and were ready to write it. But, you know, A, because yeah. they had time on their hands and B, because I just think this pandemic has changed everyone's perspective and just being like, I'm not going to wait. I've got a story to share and I want to step into it. And now's the time. And of course, you know, my life is quite busy. <laughs> so then yeah. I only work with one-on-one -on -one with maybe two or three students a year now so I wanted to create a course that kind of wrapped up all of that knowledge and a way that I could help all these other people um, without having to work one-on-one -on -one. and this is a much more cost-effective way because it's not the cheapest thing to work with me one-on-one -on -one. and so you know this is like 657 bucks for eight weeks or jump on a payment plan for less um and so you get eight weeks plus coaching calls and so yeah you can literally in that time have a book proposal ready to pitch to a publisher and a big chunk of your book written which is pretty cool so worth it because as someone who has worked with you multiple times and gone to you to review my work and see if i'm on track and get your advice like honestly it's invaluable like you don't want to um like it's a because it like this is the thing you are writing when you do write a book you are writing on your own but mm. so much like you don't need to do it alone if you know what i mean there's so much benefit in having a mentor being part of a community having someone to bounce ideas off and also be accountable too like exactly. if you want any something that can happen anytime rarely happens anytime like so to have that momentum and that goal like i think that would be so pivotal in the process of you know getting and just you know to help people with the very like you know how do you write a book it's hard enough when you're writing it about something that you're not personally attached to but you know how do you take everything that's in your head and your heart and structure it in a way that actually also makes sense and that's, you know, I get a lot of people coming to me who are just beautiful writers and they've got all the heartfelt down, but it's hard as a reader to tool through it because it's coming from, like we said, it's coming from such a wound written place that we don't have like the basics of like, who are you? Like, where do you live? What do you do for a job? How old are you? You know, we kind of forget to put in the who, what, why, where, because yeah. we're writing from such a wounded place. So like I said, it's about getting that balance of like writing as a heroine, writing as a narrator. Actually, you've got to make, your book's got to make sense. You can't have people just crying the whole way through, but actually not knowing like, who is Katie? Well, who is she around this pain? Like, yeah. what, what is the purpose of this book? Like, okay, I'm on page one. What am I going to get by page 300? Like, what is the point of me investing all this time in this book? What am I going to, how am I going to change by the end? And that's the other thing. It's about, for me, I get a lot of people coming to me who don't have the confidence to stand up and say, I am an expert on this because 
they don't have a qualification yes. they're not a counselor or a psychologist or a, you know a, a, they don't have a business degree but they've been living this topic for 20 odd years so it's also about giving people the confidence to say you are an expert on you know being a single parent with a young child you mm -hmm. are a single per you are an expert about being a 23 year old widow you don't need to have a certificate for me to want to listen to every word you say and learn from you totally like i didn't have any of that although no none of it um <laughs> it's just that but you're an expert in sharing your story no one has walked in your shoes and it's like you if you like what's the purpose like why are you writing this book and it's like mm -hmm. well, like knowing that and for me when i wrote becoming brave I wanted to write something that would have benefited me that I wish there was when I was going through some of the darkest, most like tumultuous, anxious times of my life because no one was talking about it then. And so I wanted to make sure that other people didn't feel so alone and to have a new relationship with their anxiety. So that was my why. And then so I didn't, you, like I wasn't pretending to be the person who knew everything about scientific way that our brain works or all the rest of it. But I was, especially with you, like I was sharing my experience of this and then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And exactly the same with me. So when I was 23, there was no widow's handbook written by a 23 year old that I could relate to. Like people gave me books, they were all for people that had been married for 30 years with a couple of kids and then someone died. Like I wrote a book about being a 23 year old widow who then went out and slept with most of London in an effort to try and handle my grief. And of course, like, you know, number one, that was a book that sold like hotcakes because it, you know, it was yeah. fantastic. Um, but also it had the why of like, this is what grief looks like. This is why you shouldn't judge yourself and feel guilty if you are not acting in a way that you think is appropriate as a, you know, a grief stricken person. This is how it can really be. And that doesn't make you a bad person. And it also doesn't mean that you're going to be in this space forever. You've got to keep hoping and living and looking forward and just finding your way through the darkness. And I would always remember I got this letter from like a, a woman in her 80s and she had been widowed in World War Two, and she said that she had been promiscuous after losing her husband and she had been carrying the guilt with her for 60 odd years until oh. she read my book and she said for the first time I've been able to forgive myself oh. and that's it <laughs> that's yeah there was an example of storytelling for healing that is it Oh my goodness. So Amy, how do people get your course? Where do you find it? Is there a start date? So um, the enrollment open for one week only on the 27th of September. So you have one week to jump on and sign up, but you can jump on the waiting list now. So anytime from now onwards. So that means you definitely don't miss out. Um, and then the course will run from the first week of October for eight weeks mm -hmm. however anyone who signs up will have lifetime access so it's really designed for busy busy people too so if you literally can't follow along with us on the eight-week journey you can just take it at your own pace and do it in your own time so you 
will not miss out at all. And yeah, it's going to be so great. It sounds amazing. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you, um, you know, hustled to get it out and get it together at this time, because I know how creative and so many um, beautiful are going. And these are So I should say actually where you can sign up. So, um, oh yes, where can you sign up? Yes. Um, you can jump on my website, which is amymalloy.com.au, or if you follow me on Instagram, which is at amy underscore Malloy, then yeah, you will find all the links and I'll be chatting all about it. Thank you so much. And I have no doubt that there are going to be people who are listening to this, who will be joining and jumping on that course or please anyone, if maybe if it's not like in your realm right now. Do you know anyone who has a book inside them who has spoken to you about perhaps, you know, wanting to share more of this story with the world? Shoot this podcast over to them, let them have a listen, get it in their ears. And hopefully this might be the little sign that they were looking for to um, support themselves to move through their healing and get their story out in the world. So Amy, thank you so, so much. We appreciate oh, you. And this is such a pleasure. This is your second time on here. So thank you for coming back. I know. I'm going to go third time lucky. I'm sure that we will have something to chat about in the future. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no, 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 no doubt. We'll do a special on health anxiety one time because that is just, yeah, so much to chat about with that. We should absolutely do it and then share how to do like a grounding card and things like that as well because that is one of the, yeah. Anyway, which so I literally just—I I literally yeah. have your cards that you helped me to write. I've got one in my pram. I've got one in my car. My nanny found it the other day. She's like, "What's oh. this?" I'm like, "It's the grounding card. We'll do one together." Um, I've got one in my nappy bag, and whenever <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit anxious, I take it out and read it. And yeah, you help me literally on a daily basis. So oh, I'm you. so glad. Yeah, let's do the health anxiety one. That'll be next on the list. But Amy, thank <laughs> you so much. I'm excited to watch um, how this course unfolds for you, and I can't see, can't wait to see what comes out of it for so many people. Chat soon.